I'm milling about with Marty Ballin, and you founded the Jefferson Airplane, and you sung for the Jefferson Airplane, and you wrote hit songs for Jefferson Starship, and it's such a pleasure that you're here with me now. Welcome. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Thanks for talking to me. Fifty years, right? That's what they tell me. I don't know. I keep getting younger, and they keep adding these years on. I don't... Somebody's wrong somewhere. Tell... I want to go back to the very beginning. Uh what inspired Jefferson Airplane? And were you on drugs when you made up that name? I mean, it's such a no, actually, actually, the name came about because Yorma Kalkinen, the guitar player in the airplane, he had a friend who had a dog. And the dog's name was Thomas Jefferson Airplane. And so one time we were thinking of names, you know, something new, something that that was us. And he said that. He said, how about Jefferson Airplane? And we just cracked up laughing and... And, uh, you know, we'd tell our friends different ideas for names, and we'd say that, they'd all crack up, you know. And that was the spirit we were looking for. And so we said, okay, we're Jefferson Airplane. Now, I know you're an artist, so were you responsible for the logo or putting any of that together? Yeah, yeah, I had something to do with all that, you know. Was that your idea? Yeah. How did you imagine that for the band, for, for you know, everything that, everything that we see on the T-shirts? Well, we just, uh, actually, the... Paul said that one time, Jefferson Airplane loves you, you know. I told him, I said, hey, that's a good call. We'll use that, you know, and we, we plastered that everywhere. Jefferson Airplane loves you, uh, you know, on bumper stickers, and and, and uh, we put it all over the city, you know. So the opening night of this club that I opened up, uh, we were the opening band, and um, everybody showed up, you know, to see what a Jefferson Airplane was. I think the name had a lot of magic to it. Where was the club? Uh, and you you owned it at the time? Yeah, it was called The Matrix. It was on the Fillmore Street in um, by Union Street in San Francisco. And um, I couldn't get any work, you know, because before I'd been in folk music, and folk was real big at the time, and I played The Hungry Eye and Purple Onion and Jazz Workshop and all these places. And I went back to get a job at these places, but we had pickups on our guitars and a drummer, and we were too loud, you know, and I couldn't get any work for the band. So I I said, well, I was playing a folk club, and these nurses would come and see me every time I played, and they brought their boyfriends. Nurses? That's nurses. interesting. Yeah. And uh, well, they were cute. <laughs> nurses are cute. And um, they brought their boyfriends, and the boyfriends, I was sitting on a break talking with them, and they each were talking about how they had this money and they were looking to invest in something, you know. And I just piped up and said, uh, give it to me. And they said, well, what do you do with it? And I said, well, I'll open a nightclub and I'll put a band in it. And you can have the nightclub and I'll have the band. And they said, okay. And so I went and found this bar that was kind of not doing too well of business. And we got it and bought it and bought their wine and beer license and... Uh, Started fixing it up with the stage, and I painted paintings for it, and, you know, uh, we had all kinds of great uh, 
success with it. The opening night, in fact, when we played our first night, every record company in the world was sitting in the audience. No. Um, you got your deal right there and then? Right. Well, we didn't take it right then. The band wanted to sign, but I said, I said, no, no, no. We're not going to sign until we hear from Phil Spector. You know, the second night we played, Phil Spector's sister is sitting in the audience. She says, Phil wants you to come to L.A. I love it. So we went to L.A. and we met Phil and we didn't get along with him at all. You know, <laughs> walked out on him. He was too weird for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. The rest is history, huh? So what happened to this bar? Uh, after a month, um, we were on the road and playing all over the world, and uh, the bar went on. Other people played there, and we, you know, uh, came back. It was quite successful for years. Still there, I think, actually, you know, new owners, but the bar is still the matrix uh, on uh, Union. Wouldn't that be wonderful if everybody got back together and played there again? I don't know. A lot of people aren't here anymore, you know. <laughs> It'll be a ghost uh, performance. How is Grace Slick doing? Do you keep in touch with her? Um, yeah, well, I call her once in a while. And um, I saw her. I was playing in San Francisco, and she had an art show. Oh, she's also an artist. to the art show uh, on my morning off, and she was there, standing outside, smoking a cigarette away. And uh, I actually bought one of her paintings, a painting she did of Janis Joplin old friend of ours, and uh, it's a very good painting, I thought. And uh, so I bought that from her at her show. So she's retired from music completely? She's not singing anymore? I don't really know, but she doesn't want to get up on stage again. She feels she's too old, you know, which is a shame because still I, I was doing as benefit one time with a starship in L.A. and, and for the firemen, and uh, out of the corner of my eye I see this lady in a burqa come dancing out on the stage, you know, and I said, that's got to be Grace. You know, it's got to be Grace. And she's singing, you know, through this burqa, you know, in the mic with me. And then, I, you know, she takes off the burqa headdress, and it's her, you know. But she uh, she would sing along, but she didn't want to do any leads, you know. Mm. It's funny. Still sounded great. Now, you have a, a two new CDs. Uh, one is original music, and one is uh, reimagined versions of songs. Right. One's a, uh, coming out in December the, um, called Good Memories, and it's um, a, a bunch of the old airplane and starship songs, which I've been doing live because I've been pulling out these old songs and doing them live in the concert, and the fans love it. And they wanted them on record, and uh, then, uh, you know, the 50th starts popping up, and, and people said, hey, let's put these out for the 50th. And I thought, well, that's a good idea, you know. And it's a preview for uh, my real records coming out in January or February, the, um, uh, the Greatest Love, a bunch of new songs, all original. 
Now, is it true that you're known as the king of love songs? I never heard that before. Or is that just Michael saying that? That's what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, the king of love songs. I don't mind that. That's cool. When did you find out that that's what they were calling you? Uh, well, when I heard a DJ say it. What is the song on this uh, CD, Good Memories? What were some of those memories that sort of came flooding to you that inspired you to write that? You know, that song itself, Good Memories, kind of explains it, you know, kind of tells a little story about that time for me. And, um, you know, the, the fun, it was fun doing some of these songs. And because my guitar player got me interested in it, and he'd come to rehearse and say, you know, what is this song, you know? And I, I said, geez, I kind of remember that. Yeah, we did that in the old days. And so we started doing these old songs, you know, and, and then we started doing them live, and people would get off on it. So we started doing a few more and added them into the set. Mm. And, uh, you know, it became kind of fun. Because there is a line uh, in, the, in the verse uh, where you say, feed your head, oh, yeah. which I love because, right. of course, you're going back to White Rabbit. Right. I'm, I'm referring back to the, the feed your head. Who, who, whose line was that? Was that yours? Was that, that was yours? Grace. That was Grace, yeah. Oh. But it's, see, in the original Good Shepherd song, it's feed your sh- feed your sheep that's how it goes out in the reverend gary davis version that yarma always did but i rewrote it all you know to apply to me and the fans that i have do you hear from your fans or after all these years yeah yeah from all over the world i'm amazed what sort of do you get a lot of i mean in this world of social media there must be a million ways to contact you uh yeah it's you know through the web now you know mostly and um the mail, and, uh, you know, people just want, you know, to tell me how much they love me or to come to their country or sign some pictures, you know, for their their collection or, you know, things like that. What's, like, what's the weirdest gig that you can remember doing or playing in the strangest place? Weirdest gig. Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it was Woodstock. I don't know. I remember some great... Uh, they weren't weird. They were just exciting and fun, you know, because in those days we, we used to, you know, get everybody up and jam on one one song at the end of the night, you know, and sometimes we'd have like three or four bands and then all the great, you know, guitar players would play and you'd have four basses and three drummers and three keyboards and, you know, nine singers and we'd all get up there, me and Janice and Grace and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes Pigpen from the... You know, the Grateful Dead, and we'd all sing, uh, you know, Joan Baez, I remember, you know, she'd jump up there with us, and, you know, we'd all be singing, and and we'd go sometimes till dawn, you know. I mean, uh, Graham would just pay the cops off to let us go, you know. (laughs) Really. Great. Well, what do you remember about Woodstock? I remember it was wet and muddy, and... You know, a lot of waiting around to go on and, you know, watching the others perform. And I remember roaming through the crowds a lot and, you know, hanging out, helping the diggers, you know, give out some food out there and just, you know, hanging out, waiting to go on, playing cards with, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Pete Townsend and Janis Joplin and, you know, Janis winning and, you know, uh, you know, just being locked in this motel room waiting to go on, you know. If I could get a photo of that priceless. I remember one morning getting up and 
I had just sobered up and I was waiting to go on. So the next morning I go down to the cafeteria and, you know, the sun's coming in. And then suddenly on the right sits down Johnny Winter. And then on the left, you know, Edgar Winter. And they're both like, you know, reflecting the light. And I go, my God, guys, don't sit here. I can't see, you know. <laughs> I was so out of it. How did you play so early in the morning? I don't. I don't get that. The luck of the draw wasn't very much fun for us. I bet. No, I don't think our set came off that well either. So, you know, it was too early in the morning. When the truth is found to be. I want to talk about your other hobby, which is your painting. Uh, so you have a gallery. Uh-huh. I have a gallery in St. Augustine, Florida. And uh, they have uh, a lot of my work. Not everything, but a lot of my work. It's quite a big gallery. And uh, What's the name of the gallery? The Marty Ballin Gallery. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just my work. No one else's. Very cool. And, uh, you know, and they have a lot of memorabilia of mine there. And, like what's there, for instance? Oh, crazy clothes I wore, uh, awards, uh, gold, platinum records, uh, posters, uh, things like that. Why did you want to have something in St. Augustine? What's special about that place? Well, my wife's sister lives in St. Augustine and has a gallery there. So she suggested it and started it Mm. and runs it. So coming full circle, now that you're 50 years later, what did you imagine your life would be and how has it turned out? I would imagine that it would be just what it is, you know, me singing. I always just wanted to sing songs. I I just, ever since I was a little kid, I've been singing, you know, in churches and, you know, uh, choirs, uh, street corner music with the uh, black folks I grew up among, uh, you know, the Johnny Mathis family. I mean, um, it was just music's been pretty much everything I've always enjoyed, you know. And I've been lucky to meet and hang out with a lot of the greats, you know. I saw a guitar. Would you honor us with a little song, uh, perhaps something from Good Memories? Sure. Okay, so here's Marty Ballin, and he's going to play Good Memories. This is a uh, song from the album Good Memories. This is Good Memories. Okay. If you want to get to heaven Over on the other shore Stay out of the way Those rock and roll bandits All those good memories Feed my head One for Paul one for your mom, one for to make Jack Space rejoice. Oh, can't you hear? Oh, Gracie Whalen, are those good memories that feed my head? If you want. 
Frisco Down at the old field mall Just say hello To old Mr. Bill All those good memories Feed my hands One for Paul I wish I could sing along with you. <laughs> Marty Ballin, thank you so much. That was such a sort of pleasure. So oh, much fun. Thanks for having me. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.